0: Teaching on activated the theme uh, for for the past three months, and we've been going through the Book of Acts. Today, I want to complete our study in the Book of Acts. I'm going to be excited about that. Wow, we actually will have gone through the entire Book of Acts. So, so today, um, I'm going to be we're going to be taking our studies uh, or our message uh, for today from Acts 21 to Acts 28. Acts chapter 21 to Acts 28. The reason why I was able to combine the, the, uh, the seven, is that seven or eight, or nine chapters, 21 to 28, the nine chapters together, the reason why I was able to combine them together is because they all had the same theme. It's, a, it's like a flowing, it's like just another part in the story of the Acts of the Apostle. Things just shifted. And the summary of it was Paul, the Apostle, having to stand to defend his faith, having to stand in trials, first of all, starting from Jerusalem, and then finally taking him to Rome so that he can stand before Caesar to, de- to-, to defend his faith. Amen. That's what Acts 21 to Acts 28 is all about. And that's why the title of my message today is Activate Your Stance. Activate what? your stance. Activate your what? Your stance. We've been talking about spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is not an end in itself. Just like physical growth is not an end, right? I don't want my kids to just grow up and they say, wow, well, they are grown up. You say, Yeah, how are your kids? they are grown up. No, you grow up so that you can what? So that you can do what? Reproduce. Be independent, right? Stand for something, and you know, continue moving. So, spiritual growth that we've been talking about is not an end. You don't just grow. I say, I grow spiritually. No, no. There's a reason for it. You have to be able, when you are, when you are growing spiritually, growing spiritually, you have to be able to translate that spiritual growth into stuff for the kingdom of God. You have to be able to translate your growth into tangible impact for the kingdom of God. How do I know that you are growing spiritually? It is not because you know a lot of Bible passages. How do I know that you're growing spiritually? It's not because you can't quote Bible, right? Or you have been in church for a long time, right? Or because you know you you know you are you 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 are you know you are able to to uh, what do you call it, to, to put a lot, of, just a lot of things together, like Bible words and, you know, get into the Greek and get into all that. Uh, no, that's, that is not what spiritual growth is about. Spiritual growth is supposed to lead us to become people who extend the kingdom of God. Who stand in our spheres of influence and we take a stand for God in that sphere. God is looking for people that will take a stand in their community. Do you get that place where God has put you? You're just there. You're taking a stance there. And you are, because you are growing spiritually, you are applying that in that place. When everybody, they begin to panic. Do you get what I'm saying? You're standing there and saying, don't panic. And you're going to see Paul doing that. Don't panic because everything is going to be fine. Do you get what I'm saying? Don't panic. All is going to be fine. Because of my God that I'm in connection with, right? Because I know how to connect with my God. Don't panic. Everything will be fine. It's okay. Calm down. Calm down. At work, calm down. It's all right. It's okay. Okay. We'll be fine. Right? In other families, any place where God puts you, spiritual growth, a person who is growing spiritually is supposed to make impact through it. You are supposed to be a representative of the kingdom of God. You're supposed to have a stance that is unshakable. Amen. So, Ephesians 4, 14 to 15 tells us, okay, look, let's look at it. It, it talks about the, the fruit of spirituality. We say that then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. So, for somebody who is grown spiritually... When, you know, new, new teachings always come, some kind of fad always comes and all that, the person is not easily, hey, there's this, no, the person stands, hmm, and say, evaluates that new teaching or whatever. It's grounded. It's not blown away by the opinions of friends, opinions of people, or the popular opinions on social media, right, or, you know, just in culture, generally. Somebody who is grown spiritually and rooted spiritually is not blown. Instead, look I said, "We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, they sound like truth. <laughs> you know saying? So, you know, lies. You know, some lies can be very clever that they sound like truth. I'm telling you, that is happening now. Well, you will hear some believers repeating lies as if it is truth because they've been cleverly deceived. And that's because they've not been grounded. But look at what we do. Um, Verse 15. Verse 15 said, instead, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way. More and more like Christ. So we still continue to grow. But we're speaking the truth. We're taking the stand for the truth. Who is the head of the body? The church. So that's that's growth. That's, you know, I told you this month we're focusing on growth. That's the goal of growth. Growth track. Small groups. Bible master class. That's what this thing's about. It's about you. Be growing up spiritually, and then often your exercises, the your service in the church, being in the drink team, and all these things and assignment is to get you to get you to get to a point where you are no longer being tossed and pushed, but you are you, you are no longer being influenced, you know, in the wrong way. But you are now you have become an influencer. You are speaking truth in love. You are speaking truth in love. Someone say, "I want to be that. I want to be like that." Jude. Chapter one, verse three. There's only one chapter in Jude. Chapter one verse three he says, "Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to His holy people. So there are some things that God has entrusted. You know, the KJV says, I want you to contend for the faith which God has delivered. To contend. Everybody say contend. You know what that contend means? To so fight for it. To fight for the truth. To defend the faith. To contend for the faith which was once delivered to you. The faith that we receive. Listen, God needs fighters. That's why we've got to grow. God needs fighters. We need somebody, you know, when you when you have kids, you know I've, I've had it. A, you know, you need to defend the name of your family. You need to represent the name of your family, right? You, you need to, you know, you need to be an example of it of your family. God wants people that will be an example of His kingdom, people that will defend the values of the kingdom, not people that will bend. Hey, everybody's going in this direction, and then they shut their mouths. Like, oh, you know, let me just be quiet. And so the king, the, the, the family is not represented. We see that happening a lot. People get into politics. They get into, uh, maybe they get into uh, their work. They get promoted, or they get into whatever God. They've been praying to God for God to move them, and then they become mute. And then all the things that they used to talk about and all that. The kingdom is not represented. The kingdom is not represented. You know, I've been on boards of, you know, like boards. Of, I'm on boards of organizations and all that, and I will sit with people. And all that, but I always make up my mind that I'm going to represent the Kingdom view in this place. I will represent the Kingdom views. We need to represent the Kingdom view in our cities. If you ever, if you get into government, you need to represent the Kingdom view. The Kingdom needs representation. Our family needs representation. There's so, so much going on that is misrepresenting our family. We need good representation. That is why we must grow. I want to be a representative of God in the city. I want them to be able to say, when somebody is coming to say, there's a man of God in the city of Chicago. Go meet him. Whether the person is an unbeliever or whatever. I want to be a representative of God on social media. In what I say. In what I post. Amen. Amen in what i show even in the way you dress you want to be a representative of the kingdom of Jesus Christ everywhere that is why we must what True. we must contend everybody say we must contend yeah. must contend first peter 3 14 to 15 even if you should suffer for what is right and you're going to see that there's a suffering that comes with this thing i'm talking about that's why it's not for babies You've got to grow. (laughs) If you must suffer for what is right, you are blessed. You're going to suffer. You will see it. You know, when I get to my, I'm going to get to my point quickly. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Boy Scouts or Girl Scout. I don't know whether that's the motto of Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts too. Always, what? Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared. Everybody, say, always be prepared. The reason why you have to be always be prepared to be able to explain what you believe is because you don't know when they are going to spring it up on you. It might be on a flight, Somebody is sitting beside you, or it might be you know you are just uh, you know you 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 go into a networking event at work or something, and then they spring up something, or you are just with a group of friends, and then somebody springs up something, and they are asking you why do you believe and all that. You must always be prepared. Always be prepared. You know the impact. Amen. Woo! Everyone, remember the day we met, right? It was at a party. You know, my wife invited me to a party of our friends and then I sat down there. I didn't talk, right? <laughs> I was very quiet. <laughs> quiet was a, you know, party of, you know, like a lot of Filipino people and everything. So, I was very quiet. I didn't talk that much. Just said hello to everybody and everything. And then somewhere along the line, the conversation went to, I don't know how the conversation went to the world, Right? And then I just started talking. So, <laughs> when My everybody put her seat. <laughs> I sat. So by the time we are done, she was like, wow, wow, this is what... You know, I was just talking about identity in Christ, right? Yeah. Everywhere you get to, be a representative of Christ. Parties are places, you know, when parties come back... <laughs> Where physical parties, where they what? Where they come back. (laughs) They're good places, you know, for you to express the kingdom. But, you know, online now and everything, please, let's be representative of the kingdom. So, so I want to just show you in the life of Paul, very quickly, how he, he stands, how he kept his stance. I want to show you some principles of being able to stand from the life of Paul As we conclude the Acts of the Apostle, Acts 21 to Acts 28. Amen. So I'm going to show you, I think I have four principles uh, that will help you to be able to stand. Um, So the first one is, I've already started talking about it, expect principles. So I'm calling it how to activate your stance, right? Be able to stand. The first one is expect slash endure persecution. Expect and endure the opposite. I don't know if you know that when you are expecting something, the, <laughs> you know, when it happens, the impact is reduced. You are prepared. Right? Then when you are not expecting it, you get disappointed. You'll be like, why, why is this happening to me? Why, why is this Christian life? Why, why, you know, I'm just, I'm just speaking the truth. And then everybody just turned against me. Everybody, I got all the bad comments that they are putting up. The entire family thinks I'm crazy. Just because I spoke up in the family meeting, and everybody thinks I'm crazy. All my friends right now they think I am crazy. They call me names now. Every one of those names ends with phobic. And this and this and this and that. If you're going to allow you know, all those labels to affect you, then you cannot. You will not be, you know, this light, this being a light in the city, as grown up believers, being, being a light in your sphere of influence, if you're going to allow the labels that people put on you to affect you, you can't do it. You can't do it. Acts 21, verse 10 to 12. Paul, Paul expected it. Even they prophesied it to him not to do it. He said, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. This Agabus man was a great prophet. Just imagine, like, a prophet comes to meet you and says, that place where you are going, that sphere of influence where you are going, that job that you are going to be entering into, that whatever, they are going to show you some stuff in that place. Many of us will say, ah, can I change? Can I just change and, you know, choose another job where it will be less controversial? Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied it, tied his own hands and fit with it, and said, And you know, prophets can be very dramatic like that. The Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt, and they will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. like everybody was begging him, please, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you. Verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13, please. When, sorry, but he said, but he said, why are these weeping? You're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but when an NLT, you know, I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and they said, the Lord's will be done. Expect persecution. Paul, Paul, Paul already factored it into his Christian walk that I'm going to face opposition. I'm going to face it. So even when they prophesied it to him, he said, okay, tell me something new. Tell me something new. 1 Timothy chapter chapter 1, chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Look at it. 2 Timothy 3, 12. I want you to read it to, be, to me, everybody. Want to? Let's go. Yeah. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer what? Did he say may suffer persecution? Will. <laughs> will. The only way you will not be persecuted by this world is when you are compromising. That's the only way you're not persecuted by this world, when you are compromising. The moment you decide that you want to live godly, that you want to live different, that you want to represent the kingdom of God, you want to stand different, you are going to have some people that will rise up against you and begin to antagonize you and they will persecute you. So be ready. Everybody say Be ready. Be ready for it. I'm telling you, be ready for it. If you are going to do anything worthwhile for the kingdom of God, get ready, get ready, get ready. The devil is going to mark you out and use people to try and attack you. I'm telling you, this thing can be tough. It's one of the toughest parts of, you know, working with God in purpose. Because, you know, we just raise up this one and all that. But, you know, if you are growing as a believer, you will know, you will see, that in the midst of it, God is going to show himself up show up for you. But expect it. Everybody expect it. Number two. Point number two. So the first one is you know, expect and endure persecution. Number two is exhibit prudence. I'm talking about how to, how to take your stance uh, in this world. How to activate your stance for your faith. Exhibit what? Prudence. So I'm going to give you some points right now. So just a wisdom point from the life of Paul. So you see, look up everyone. The fact that you are going to you are going to be persecuted when you stand for your faith does not mean that you become deliberately controversial. You know, in other words, don't go and the persecution. The persecution is waiting for you. <laughs> it's waiting for you, but don't. Go and invite it on yourself. You understand that's foolishness. So that's why I say exhibit prudence. So my first point there is: don't be unnecessarily controversial with your faith. Don't be unnecessarily controversial with your faith. Don't be unnecessarily controversial with your faith. There are some places where you are there. You don't have any authority in there. Do you get what I'm saying? You don't have any authority in there. You are in somebody's house, right? They didn't ask you any question. You understand? Know Nobody asked you any question, and then you are providing an answer. When they throw you out of that house, don't say Jesus Christ. You are being persecuted for Jesus Christ. You are being persecuted for foolishness. You get what I'm saying? You get into other people's affairs that they didn't like, a busybody. Say I'm representing Christ. No, you are representing foolishness. You understand? Know so. Don't be unnecessarily controversial. So let's look at Paul's example in Acts chapter 21, 18 to 22. So Paul said, the next day, Paul went with us to meet with James. And all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. So that's when he got to Jerusalem, where the the prophet said, don't go. After, the prophet didn't say, don't go. The prophet says, this is what will happen when you go. The prophet was not saying, don't go. He was just showing him what will happen. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God has accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry, verse 20. So the apostles, you know, they told him, they said, after hearing this, they praised God, and then they said, you know, dear brother, they're telling Paul, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they all follow the laws of Moses very seriously. Okay, so listen, in Jerusalem, there are people who believe the same Jesus Christ, but they still (laughs) follow the law of Moses right? The Gentiles, right? They believe in Jesus Christ and we told them, they don't need to bother about what? Those laws of Moses. We gave them the things that they need to do and all that, right? So, But you are in Jerusalem now. (laughs) You are not in what? You are not among the Gentiles. You are in Jerusalem. So, they have heard other Christians here, they have heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children. Or to follow other Jewish customs. But there are Christians who still follow that Jewish custom in Jerusalem, right? Verse 22. So they were telling him to be wise there. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. Verse 23. Quickly, verse 23. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vows. Verse 24. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony. Paying for them to have their heads virtually shaped. Sorry, ritually ch- shaped. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. Verse 25. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we have already told them in a letter they should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood, meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. Verse 20. Uh, I think that's it's 26. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification. So he publicly announced the date when their vows were hand and the sacrifice will be offered for each other. You see, they were playing a little politics. Do <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Basically, Jesus said, Be wise as serpent and harmless as dove. Now, what's the application of this? You know, what's the application of this? Don't be unnecessarily controversial. There are sometimes that you just, you know, you're just, you're there. So, for example, when there was a time we visited, we visited the Muslim, the mosque. Um, you know, we had to go to the mosque because I was doing a, what do you call it, a project on it and everything. We had to visit a Buddhist, uh, uh, sorry, Buddhist, Buddhist, a Buddhist you know, temple, you know, and all that because I was doing, a, you know, study on it while I was in Bible school just to learn how to reach out to them. Can you imagine if I get to that place and I just say, Holy Spirit? Or you arrive in one of these, you know, um, Arab countries. You get in there. You know, if you go to Dubai, you're as liberal as Dubai is, right? There are certain things that you can't do. You understand? You have to learn to be wise. Otherwise, you will cost yourself unnecessary persecution. Okay. What we're talking about is when you are asked, when it comes into your territory. When you have to take a stand, then you have to take a stand. But it's not you jumping into other people's territory just like that. So be careful, right? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be wise as serpent. Be wise as what? Serpent. That's my, actually my next, be wise as serpent. I'm talking about be prudent in your stands. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's from Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. Behold, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So there was a time, Acts 23, look at this wisdom, Acts 23, verse 6 to 11. You know, sometimes people say, you know, sometimes when you say all the words that you want to say, all the words that is in your heart, you say it all out, right? You're unable to reach people anymore. You, know, you Just go on social media and they just blast it away and then 80% of people, they will never hear you again. But there's a way that you can still walk wisely, right? That you can still influence people. You know, I learned a lot of these things from, me. you know, the Paul, Jesus, the way they operate. So, look at this one. Look at how Paul was wise in this place. So, Paul realized that some members of the high council were Sadducees. So, they had, they had a different view. Sadducees, right? And then some were Pharisees. How many of you know the difference between Sadducees and Pharisees? Good. This uh, what do you call it? The uh, the Sadducees they don't believe in what? They don't believe in their uh, the resurrection. The Pharisees believe in it, even though they you know they believe in the resurrection. So Paul was under trial. You're going to say Paul was under trial there. <laughs> he was under trial. You know what Paul said when he was speaking? He said, mm, hmm, "Let me apply some wisdom. What I'm going to do in this place is that you know what I'm going to do today. What I'm going to do is that I'm going to." I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to create confusion in their midst. So he said something. And Jesus used that method a lot. They will come and ask him, do you believe in the other? He would say, he will ask them back a question. So he said, he shouted, brothers, I'm a Pharisee! As were my ancestors! And I'm on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. Now he didn't say Jesus. You know, it's in the resurrection of the dead. Look at what happened. This divided the council. The Pharisees against the Sadducees. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection or angels or spirit, and the Pharisees believe in all of these. Verse 9. So there was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of religious law were Pharisees, jumped up and began to argue forcefully. <laughs> and, then, and then they said, we see nothing wrong with him. They shouted, a spirit or an angel spoke to him. There's nothing wrong with this guy. As the conflict grew, the violent <laughs> grew more violent. The commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered his shoulders to go and rescue him. I'll talk about that by force. and take him back to the fortress. So, so you see what Paul did there? Paul was wise. What I'm saying is this is that even when you want to speak to defend your stance, you have to be, to allow the Holy Spirit to guide what you're about to say. To allow prudence. Some people think that every time you don't speak up lively with all your voice that you are timid. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you to do something in such a way that you can still have leverage as you move on. Wisdom is important in many of these controversial stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wisdom is important, and that is not compromise. Do you get it? How many of you are getting what I'm saying? Is somebody learning something today? So be wise as serpent. I'm talking about exhibiting prudence. The next one, be humble. Be humble as you are Proclaiming your stance, make sure you do it with humility. Don't do it with pride. Be humble. Be humble. They said, guessing intently at the eye council, Paul began, brothers, it was Paul speaking, I have always lived before God with a clear conscience. He said, Instantly, Ananias the high priest commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. But Paul said to him, God will slap you. <laughs> Paul is not here. You know, don't joke, we follow. You corrupt hypocrite. What kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me struck like that? So Paul thought he was just a secular judge. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what, just, you know, just secular. I'm defending my case. Paul used to be a lawyer and all that. You can't do that. And I'm going to talk about the legal aspect right now. There are some things that some people must not do legally. Right? There are some, you see, Christians, I want you to learn something also from this. There are legal, there are, sometimes people mix, mix legal stuff with church stuff. There are certain things that you can do legally, but they are not wise when it comes to spiritual stuff. You need to be able to, you know, to differentiate, right? So Paul stood there. Why are you doing that? That's a, you know, you're not as a judge. I know that. Then the people said, they said, people standing to him said, "Do you dare to insult God, God's high priest?" Ah, he said, "I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize it was the high priest." Paul replied, "For the Scripture says, you must not speak evil of any of your rulers." Talking about, you know, ah, I was wrong. So immediately he repented and you know apologized there. So what I'm saying is that even as you are taking your stance, make sure that you don't become this rude person. Don't allow the spirit of the enemy to come into it. Do you get what I'm saying? Where you are no longer representing Christ, you are not representing your flesh. You are responding. You understand? You know, they slap you, you slap them. They say this to you, so you are doing back and forth. They say this, you also say the same thing. You are doing back and forth to one another. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So be humble. Make sure you modulate your stance. If it's your parents, if it's your family members, if it is your uh, what do you call it? your co-workers or your bosses, right? There is a way that you can make your case without becoming rude and leaving the place of humility. Are you getting it? Remember, the last one there, I think that, that's the last one there, under that point, appeal to the law. Appeal to the law. I want you to look up, everybody. Look up. Some people think, as a Christian, that you should just take anything that, that happens to you. And say, because you're a believer now, right? You're a believer. So, if, you know, they are doing it to you, you are just suffering for Christ. So if somebody comes to your house and takes your house because of persecution, so they <laughs> say it's persecution, so they take your house, and then you lose your house. Somebody begins to oppress you at work. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, what do you call it? Create a hostile work environment, or begin to do whatever it is, you know, like all those you know legal stuff or whatever. Some people think that you should just take it because you are a Christian. You know, just take it as a Christian. You know, as a Christian, you are representing Jesus Christ. Just suffer. No, guys, I'm trying to teach you know, this is wisdom. You need to understand the difference between suffering for Christ and suffering for ignorance. If somebody trespasses on what is covered legally, now, there's a difference between you suing a church member. Do you get what I'm saying? That's a difference. We'll talk about that later. Do, you know, Paul's talk. But if you are a believer, right? And you are, you are out there and somebody trespasses on something that you have legal ground for. Sue man. What, what came to my mind? I can't say it. You know, that was stand for your right. Stand for your right as a citizen of the United States. Right? Or as a citizen of whichever nation that you are from. This is where we have the right to protest our right on the street. Do you get what I'm saying? To stand up and protest peacefully. And to say this belongs to me because I am a, a citizen of this nation. Because of law. Because of the constitution. This belongs to me. I have the right to speak. I have the right to religious liberty. I have the First Amendment. Amen. You cannot muzzle me. You cannot stop me from assembling. You cannot stop me, you know, from, you know, all those things. To redress my government, to talk to my government. There's a First Amendment of the, of the Constitution. This belongs to me, and that's not against my faith. Oh, some of you have not seen me fight before. Some of you know when I fight, like fight all this whatever, you know, <laughs> legal stuff. Ah, man, it's one of those areas that I love to do. Especially when I'm in my right. Oh, my God. Anybody comes around this territory, this, this building, or this area, and you mess up, we will deal with you. This is our ground in this city 824 East 43rd Street, Chicago. It is city light ground. Police, whatever, you cannot trespass except you are called. And if somebody is inside this place and you want to enter this place, can I see your warrant, please? Peace witness one you know when somebody went to tow a car tow our car on the lot the lot of city light to our car so i heard about it and, you know the reason why they towed it was because the previous owners had contracted them to be doing it you understand and then we had called to cancel it but they didn't they didn't know it since when we got the building. and then they towed the car i drove from uh, Arrived at the place, and my, my eyes were on fire. Pastor Peter, remember that All of them in the towing place. I took them one by one, one by one. one. <laughs> the guy said, "You are not behaving like a Christian." No, oh, no, you don't understand. I'm a Christian. This is how a Christian behaves. <laughs> you know, that's what he said. He said, "I thought you said you were a pastor." Yes, this is how a pastor behaves. <laughs> Look at let's let's see from Paul. So please, the law. Is there to protect us? Appeal to the law. Let's quickly see some some passages and uh, quickly. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, "May I have a word with you?" That's the military officer, or police officer. May I have a word with you, officer? Do you know Greek? The commander asked, surprised. Verse thirty-eight. Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took four thousand men of the assassin into the desert? He's using his, his knowledge of current affairs. No, Paul replied, I'm a Jew, and a citizen of Tarsus in Cilicia, which is an important city. Please let me talk to these people. So first of all, in this place, Paul appealed to his Jewish citizenship when it was necessary. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, the second one, let's go to this. Commander agreed, and so on. Let's go to the next one. The next time, Paul appealed to, verse 24. Verse 24. Paul appealed to is Roman citizenship. Let's look at it. He said, 24, the commander brought Paul inside and ordered him lashed. They were beating Paul with whips. They were beating him to make him confess his crime. Which crime? He wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. Paul was not going to take it. When they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing here, is it legal? Everybody said, is it legal? <laughs> Is it legal for you to tell me I can't preach here or I can't protest? Is it legal? You know, God, you know, the, the coronavirus shut down and all that. You know, I believe that the government is trying, you know, to help people, right? But you know what, if they are crossed the line, if they had crossed the line, I'll be one of the pastors that will stand up and say, No, no, you can't do that. Yes, but I just believe that, you know, what they are doing is, is fine and all that. And we've been cooperating with the city and everything. But there are certain things that you're not going to take. Some people have to take, take a stand. You take a stand against the city. And maybe you remember that time when the older man, there was a particular alderman man that didn't want us to get a building, right? We put up a letter in the newspaper. I said, the alderman of what? So, 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 and so, there's a building we got. And she said, I don't want a church in there the other man had to call us and <laughs> say, okay, I saw the letter that you wrote in the news. It's not that I don't want you, you know. Because you can't discriminate against us because we, are, because we are a church or because we are black or because whatever. Is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't been tried? Look at what happened to the commander. Verse 20, 25, 26, please. Verse 26, quickly. When the officer heard this, he went to the commander and asked, what are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. <laughs> You're about to get into trouble. <laughs> yes, certainly I am. Then the commander went over and asked Paul, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, certainly I am. Paul replied. And the guy said, I bought it. I am he said, I am too. The commander muttered, and it cost me plenty. It's like, I bought... <laughs> <laughs> the commander said, I bought my citizenship. Paul said, no, sorry, I am w- a citizen by what? By birth. So immediately they saw that. Verse 29. Verse 29, quickly. 29. The soldiers who were about to interrogate Paul quickly withdrew when they heard he was a Roman citizen. And the commander was frightened because he had dotted him down and wept. I remember when we were on one of our missions trip. You know, you got to know, know, on the missions trip, we were going from Malawi into uh, what was that place? What was that place? We went from Malawi into what was the other nation? Mozambique, yeah, Mozambique, and then from Mozambique into, uh, we're going to Zimbabwe. So you have to pass through borders. And the way they treat people at those borders, man, terrible. Terrible. But you know what? The U.S. passport. (laughs) Flash the U.S. passport. where Americans, so they will separate us to one side. <laughs> but I was really feeling bad for the other people. Exactly like us, but the only thing was that they were not American citizens. Terrible. But anyway, I used it because Paul used it. You know? <laughs> so so our, our weight was cut, cut down. And you know, all that stuff, even though eventually... All the other people that they are holding down, also you are still going in the same thing, so you have to wait until they finish, too. They will just let you go first, but you have to wait until the other people finish too. So that shows how interconnected. But what I'm just saying is that you need to know your rights. Someone said, I need to know my right, not just your spiritual rights, but your legal rights. It is your right to vote, it is your right to vote, it is your right to speak out, amen. There are certain things that are legal right. It is your right to own your own property. The government should never be able to come and take over your property except, you know, there is some cause, you know, eminent domain or whatever. But even then, they have to compensate you. You have to know what the Constitution guarantees you as a believer. Activate your stance. So stand legally. Amen. And also stand spiritually. So that's why I'm always, you know, like people that work with us, we're always very careful about the legal aspect because we want to make sure that we're able to maintain our stance legally. Are you getting it, guys? You know, the final part of the legal, so there was a time they were trying Paul and they were all playing shenanigans and all that. Acts chapter 25, verse 10. You You know, sometimes the legal system can be very terrible. So they are playing shenanigans. It was, you know, this Jewish court and, you know, so Roman governor and doing whatever. Paul got to a point. Paul said, you know what? I appeal to Caesar. I appeal to what? To Caesar. Acts chapter 25, verse 10 to 12. Paul replied, no, this is the official Roman court, so I ought to be tried right here. You know very well that I'm not guilty of harming the Jews. You see, he's he's using his legal right as he's fighting. If I have something worthy of death... If I have done something worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if I am innocent, no one has a right to turn me over to this man. They wanted to turn him over to the, you know, the Jewish people so they would take him and go and kill him. No one has a right to turn me over to this man to kill me. I appeal to Caesar. And when he appealed to Caesar, you know, once he did that, first conferred with him, I said, well, very well, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. In other words, I'm leaving this court. I'm going to another court because you guys are not playing fear. Everybody say my legal rights are okay. Let me go to my uh, to my third point quickly and then expect protection. Expect protection. Listen, I don't know why you know I'm teaching this message, you know, but sometimes when I'm preaching like that, it's like there's a stand that you are gonna to have to take somewhere that is coming. Do you get what I'm saying? Expect protection. So the first one is expect persecution, right? Endure it. What's the second point? What Exhibit what? Prudence. When you are taking your stance. And then the third point is what? Expect protection. You see, when you are taking a stance for God, believe that God will protect you. do say God will protect you. Say God will protect me. You know, I talked to you about the restraining order, right, at the beginning of this service. This is the statement. God will only allow people to go as far as he allows them. When you are standing for Christ, God will only allow them to go as far as disciples. so you can trust god in there. matthew chapter 10 verse 28 to 30 when jesus was sending out the disciples you know to, to to represent him look at what he said there in matthew 20 uh 20 matthew chapter 10 verse 28 to 30 he said don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body but they cannot touch your soul fear only god who can destroy both soul and both soul and body in head verse in hell verse 29 What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. You know, that's my scripture when I fly in here on on the plane, on missionary journey. It said, not even a sparrow that is flying can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. So what it means is that what is going to happen to me is already inside God's providence. It's impossible for it to happen without going through God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Without your father knowing him. And the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's why some of the things we've done in Chicago, going to some dangerous places and doing whatever, that's it. You know, there's just something. They're just some restraining orders. The only thing that can happen is if God allows it. But I know what God allows. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So this allows you to be bold. It allows you to be bold when you are taking your stance but you know what, part of how God also pro- provides protection for you sometimes, might be through the people right, can, can be through the the system, the police or the military, do you get what I'm saying you know, I'm just trying to tell to let believers be wise, do you get what I'm saying because I don't know where God is going to take you, where you're going to have to stand, sometimes it is just through the natural you know, the natural protection system that is going to be there, it might be your security system in your house that's going to call the police. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Or whatever. Let's, let's look at that. Apostle, uh, Acts of the Apostle, 21, 26 to 27. Verse 27, quickly. They said, the seven days were almost ended when the Jews when the Jews start, uh, starting from verse 27. When some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and they, they roused a mob against him. They grabbed him. Verse 28, quickly. 28 yelling men of israel help us this is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey the jewish law he speaks against the temple and even decides this holy place by bringing in gentiles okay everybody catch him catch him verse 29 verse 29 let's keep going let's keep going for earlier that day they are sitting in the city with trophimum a gentile from the from ephesus and they azun paul are taking him into the temple And then the whole city was rocked by this accusation and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple. And immediately the gates were closed behind him. These guys were going to kill this guy. But when they were trying to kill him, world reached word reached, look at that, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment. That all Jerusalem was in uproar. How did God protect Paul there? Verse Verse 32. Verse 32. Some shouted one thing, some another, since he couldn't find out. That verse 32 said he immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. You know, usually the military and all this, they're, usually, they're oppressive, right? But you know one thing? When you're working with God, you know, when you're walking with God, sometimes God will use the oppressive forces to so even protect you. I've experienced it before. Show the picture that I put up here. So I was preaching on one of the missionary journeys. I had gone to preach till late in the night, in a particular city. Late at night, so I preached in late at night, and I was supposed to travel through a road for about, I think it's about a one-hour, one and a half-hour drive, and that road is littered. They said the place has a lot of hand robbers and all that. So when I finished preaching, you know, I could go. I could just go there. I was going to stay in my father-in-law's house, you know. So. So, you know, I could have just gone and said, you know, the Lord is going to protect me and all that. But one of my friends was the military commander, the commander of the regiment. He was a captain in the army, major in the army. So he came for the meeting. So, when we we're about to go, he said, Pastor Lan, for this journey, I'm going to send some of my men to accompany you. I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> Don't mind that. So I got into the car. There were soldiers in front of me and soldiers at my back. They were clearing the road at night. If anybody that tried it, they would have died. Now, listen, I do not know what could have happened that day, but God knew. Maybe you wouldn't be seeing Pastor Land now. Maybe God organized that to protect me that day, right? That's why God put it in there. So I took it, and then when it got to me, I called my father in law. I said, Meet the people that followed me to this place. The package has landed. Yeah. Amen. So, what I'm telling you is that we need sometimes, you know, sometimes you do that. You know, it's wisdom. Do you get what I'm saying? Some people say, believers, the only thing that you need to use to take it up. Because people don't like soldiers now. Nah, please take it up. <laughs> Especially with all the things that are going on, you know. <laughs> Before I lose my. <laughs> I'm just saying that even that God can use them. You know, you know, I want you guys to understand that you know... <laughs> Pastor Peace, what were you telling me? You know, Pastor Peace told me something. So she, she had the... So there was this knife. She gave me this knife. One time she traveled to Tanzania. So she gave me this knife from Tanzania, which I kept in my office. So I took it last week. I was taking it home. So she's like, oh, wow. I said, I have my own. So she's just going to state myself. So where is it? She? she said, I keep it in my car. <laughs> I said, for what? You know? He said, when I used to drive Uber, I just keep it there in case anybody wants to. In <laughs> anybody wants to play anything. Just take the teeth out. It's like, you're very wise. (laughs) I just try to tell you that sometimes, I'm not talking about you, you know, like all this extreme of, you know, I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong in you physically protecting yourself. Somebody say amen to that. You don't know when that is going to be necessary, but I'm just telling you that there's nothing wrong in you. You what? Pepper spray, ladies. Pepper sprays. Keep it in your pocket if you need to. Anybody will <laughs> tell your girls to have it. <laughs> it's not against your faith. You get what I'm saying? Even though you have angels, sometimes angels they will they will allow you to use those things. Amen. <laughs> my final point. My final point today, apart from expect. Uh, <laughs> woo. So my first three points. Uh, number one is what please show it for me. Uh, my first three points, how to activate your stance. What's the first one? Expect persecution when you are taking your stance. Number two, exhibit what? Number three, expect God's divine protection as you are taking your stance for God. And then number four, what's number four, quickly? Engage propagation. So listen, while you are Taking your stance. Keep the old goal in mind. Keep the the goal of you taking a stance in mind. Which is basically, for God wants to reach people through you. Acts of the Apostle 23, verse 11. This is what this is all about. When we take our stance. he said, that night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So everything that was happening to Paul from Jerusalem to Rome, God wanted all those things to turn out to Paul being a witness for him before people. And Paul did that. He did that. Because of our time, I'll just summarize it. You guys remember when uh, Paul, while they were taking him, I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, you study Acts of the Apostles, well, they were taking him to Jerusalem and they were on the boat. Do you guys remember? When they were on the boat and then there was what? There was... uh, there was a tempest there. There was a tempest there. Look at what you know what Paul did there. Uh, in Acts of the Apostle, you know, I'm, you know, I'm jumping it. Acts of the Apostle, twenty-seven, verse eighteen, from verse eighteen. So they get on the sea, right? Paul, right there, of you know him being a prisoner and all that. Uh, he said, you know, Paul. Repl- uh, sorry, he said the next day a gale, force wind, continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. Uh, overboard. Keep going. The terrible storm raged for many days and threw it, in, and, and what, in, you know, and what? You know, raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope uh, was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Man, you have listened to me in the first place. If you have listened to me in the first place and not let great. You will have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What more? God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Amen! To everyone, you know that was everybody on that ship. Listen, if Paul had not been on that ship... As a prisoner. You know, they take their voyage, right? Will have died. But God put Paul on that particular ship to Rome to save all those people. So I'm telling you that there's a purpose to persecution. When you go through things, the people that oppose you, the people that are standing against you, the purpose of the whole thing might be to get them to know God or to preserve their lives. So keep that in mind. Eventually, what happened was that through, through Paul, they all got saved, they got on an island, and then a snake, immediately once they got to the shore, a snake beat Paul. And Abel was like, oh, Paul is going to die, and all that. Oh, because this guy, he escaped the, you know, the, the, the storm, look at him, he must be a very terrible guy and everything. But he said, Paul just shook the snake off, you know, and then just continued what he doing what was done." Abel was like, wow, he must be a god. And then Paul went from that journey, he went to Jerusalem, and once he got to Jerusalem, people gathered. That was how the Acts of the Apostle ended. People gathered around him, and then they said they put him under house arrest in there. But what happened? People started coming from everywhere, and they said Paul was preaching the gospel to them, nobody stopping him. That was how Acts of the Apostle, the book, ended. Hallelujah. Do you guys get it? We need to stand, you can play it now. We need to stand as believers for the truth, Lorenzo. We need to stand for the truth that we believe. As we stand for the truth, that will be all the things that we have learned in the hearts of the apostles. As we stand for it, expect that people are going to come against you, expect persecution, expect all those stuff, but also walk in prudence, walk in wisdom. Use all the things that are available to you. Use those things. Use your legal protection. Use your wisdom. Trust in the protection of God. Expect God's protection. But also make sure that you keep the goal in mind. Everywhere you find yourself, yourself, make sure you are propagating the gospel. Make sure that you are using that opportunity to spread the gospel. Men, if you should go and read Acts 26. The entirety of Acts 26, Paul was telling his story of how Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. He was telling his personal testimony. And your most powerful, listen, your most powerful weapon, your most powerful message is your own personal testimony. People can argue with your theology, but they cannot argue with your experience. So when you get to a place where people are beginning to argue, you say, you know what, this is what I experienced. This is what happened to me, and that's what I got to share. Paul used Acts 26 to share his story. He got to another court. He shared his story. To the point that, you know, one of the people listening to one of, of the officials listening to him said, Paul, you almost convinced me to be a Christian just by listening to Paul's story. So in the midst of it or tell your story. Everybody say, tell your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. Continue to shine as a light. Continue to shine as a light. Amen. Continue to shine as a light. Propagate the gospel. Demonstrate your faith in the midst of people. And then you will see, you will be that Christian. That Christian. We're solid enough standing for God and making a difference where God has put you. Have you been blessed today? Did you get something? Let's rise up and let's give God some praise right now. Let's just pray a little bit over what we have heard right now. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Lynn on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.